0: this down a little bit. I wonder if you can hear me like this, or do I have to to actually don this? Whoa. Just wanted to say thank you to Nicole uh, for sharing your life with us. That was just amazing. I read a story a few weeks ago uh, in one of the sermons about a man who was feeling the same thing and tried to commit suicide by jumping over the Golden State Bridge and you know, she had uh, told me that's my life, but I didn't, I didn't know the, the depth of it, and today I just kind of understood the depth of where you were coming from when you sent me that text message, and I just wanted to say thank you for the courage you have to share your faith and share with us and how God has transformed that. Very powerful. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, James, as well, for leading us. It's been exciting. How you guys doing this morning? You guys seem a little excited this morning. Good quiet times this week. Or maybe you're excited this is our last Sunday here. <laughs> maybe you're like, hey, we're, we're, we're leaving after eight years. Uh, this is our last Sunday. We have two midweeks to go. We have the men's midweek on Tuesday and the following one for the women the following Tuesday. And then October 2nd, we're going to uh, start our new facility. Everyone should have a map in your hand, but don't worry about it. You can hold on to it for now. At the, at the end of the service, we're going to go a little bit over that. Um, and on our website, we're going to start a new series Uh, called Modern Family, uh, starting October 23rd. We're going to have a few Sundays to work the kinks out, get familiar with our new place, and then we're going to have a a harvest festival on the 23rd that we want to really make a highlight for our community, uh, especially for that Newberry Park community, to let them know that we have arrived there. Um, We've been studying the book of James, um, and we left off last week on James chapter 4, and we ended up at verse 6 where uh, we talked about how God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The title of today's lesson is, Do You Want to Get Well? Do you want to get well? And James is really speaking to the churches across this this geographic area. And there was a lot of challenges in the churches that we have seen, chapters 1 through 4. There was a lot of relationship challenges. And in in verse 7... We'll pick up the next sentence in the letter. He says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. You know, in, in John chapter 5, in the Gospels, Jesus meets a man who's sitting by the pool, and, you know, he wants to get in the pool, but he, he makes a lot of excuses why he doesn't get in people cut in front of him. And Jesus tells him, hey, get up. Get up and, and so he gets up and he's healed and in many ways We can be that person that make, makes excuses And why we don't change and why we come to church And we make christianity to be churchianity We're coming to church is what makes you spiritual and, and and really james is getting into the heart of the matter it's the Christian's relationship with God that's causing the problems and how they interact with each other, as we're going to see in a few min- minutes. You know, this power of surrender, submitting yourself to God, is to yield to the possession or power of another. Well, you're saying, well, I don't know how to surrender. Well, you do it when the police pull you over. When the police pull you, when, they, when you see those lights, you surrender pretty quickly, huh? You go, oh, I better pull over. And then if you really surrender, when they ask you that, 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 that age-old question, do you know why I pulled you over? And so if, if you fully surrender and say, absolutely, I did a California stop on Princeton. Uh, I, I didn't have my blinker on on Penn. And uh, I didn't yield to a pedestrian when I turned into my driveway. I mean, sometimes I just fall on the sword and just tell him, hey, this is exactly what I did. You got me. And I've gotten out of two tickets that way. Wow. Um, others I know have not gone out of tickets, but I tend to find that uh, if you surrender to them, remember they go, they'll give you a, a pass. And I got a pass. To give oneself up to the influence of another. We do that. You know, if you're married, you have to do that. You got you to kind of allow yourself to be influenced by the other you know this word submits yourselves it's a military term in rendering obedience you know for some of us who have served in the armed forces you understand this word it's second nature even when even if you've been out of the military even if you've been out of the 82nd airborne right peter you've been out of the military so you understand you still understand what that word means to submit and obey the commanding officer he says, resist the devil. Take a stand. You know when you start talking to yourself? At least I do. And I kind of, I, I'm in my corner. Yeah, yeah. And I start convincing myself to be prideful when I shouldn't. But you, we, 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 we go through all the arguments in our head. And we're like, oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, you're right. He's wrong. You're right. Resist the devil. Take a stand. And then he says, Come near to God. You know, the hardest time I find getting close to God is usually when I'm in conflict with my wife. Like, she goes out and prays. I go out and sulk. She's all spiritual, I'm like, Rawr. I'll turn on ESPN. This will make me feel better. And it doesn't, makes me feel worse. She's drawn near to God, and she comes back all humble. It's amazing. I should imitate that. He says, stop running. Grieve and mourn. In other words, it's like that Acts 2.37 scripture, being cut to the heart. Brothers, what shall I do? I realize my error. I realize a mistake. And he, he says, grieve, mourn, and wail. Don't just laugh it off and say, oh, it's not that big a deal. He's saying, get serious about this. Get serious the way, in the way how you treat each other. Get serious in the way your relationship with God and how badly it's doing. Get serious. That's what he's trying to say. Wash your hands. Then he calls them this double-minded. The, the word there is two minds. I can't pronounce the Greek word, but it sounds something like di-psychos. Di- meaning two, psychos meaning your mind. In other words, you come to church you want to get well, but you do nothing about it. It becomes churchianity. You visit a church. You come here. You go, but there's no desire to take it further. Been a Christian 15 years. You know you need one another, one another relationships. And you're waiting for someone to go, Brother, I want you to sit down with this brother every other week and talk about your lives. We do that for young Christians. Some of you are older Christians. And you almost have to be led again. You're becoming churchianity, not Christianity. We can do that, but you'll end up being very immature as a Christian. And we tried that one before. It's about your relationship with God. When you get into the word and you see God speaking to you and it transforms you. And of course, we need one one another's to relationships to help us sometimes get it. When when I have to call a brother in to my home because my wife and I are not getting along. I need that. But I'm calling them. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Don't be proud. Don't be defensive. It's a destruction of your self sufficiency in the sense of there's an interdependence on God, not a complete self sufficient. Destroy the your lackluster relationship. In other words, if you haven't been moved by God in your times with God, hey, get some help. Yeah. Or you know, better yet, maybe you should get open about what's really going on in your life. Usually, that's some that's part of the I'm stuck. Because we're not really talking about our lives as much. Even the selfish thinking we can have. Humble yourself. Self humility. Being humble. Humble. You know that little voice? Oh, you need to be humble. Yeah, yeah. I need to be humble. Sometimes I hear that voice and I choose to ignore it. But that's the voice going, hey, be humble. That's the scriptures ringing in my spirit saying, hey, be humble here. You, know, you, can, you, can, you can rest assured that God answers knee-mail. An he certainly does. ba um bum He answers knee-mail, an right, when you're on your knees. The second point is our pride. You know, our pride, we get defensive. And in, in verse 11, we see it come to light in what James is trying to address here. It says in verse 11, it says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters, If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether whether it applies to you. God alone, who gave the law, is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your brother? You know, know, this is going back to chapter 2, verse 8, where he says, the royal law, love your neighbor as yourself, that you treat each other as the way you would want to be treated, especially when you're not doing well spiritually. And sometimes there needs to be a, a stronger talk, but most of the time it's usually done through a, through a, a love conversation. You know, there's something that, we, that the Bible does not allow, and that's superficial judging. In other words, coming to a conclusion without having the facts you you felt something you observed something but and then you you've decided this is the this is the conclusion of the matter and yet you don't have all the facts together because you haven't had that conversation and i think that's where we run into a lot of trouble in our relationships when we don't have the facts we don't get together we don't look to seek to the, to talk about this and we become a lawbreaker you know in galatians chapter 5 verse 15 it says if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. You know, he's, he's addressing the critical grumbling judgments that's going on in the churches. Where you speak against your brother. And Matthew 18 gives us an outline in verse 15 on how to handle situations when Clay Taylor uh, says something to me that bothers me it hurts my feelings. It's, it's my command to go to clay and say clay you hurt my feelings i forgive you publicly it's my responsibility it's what it says sometimes you may need a little prodding but it does me it does our relationship no good if i if i go to 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 the artist and say ah clay it's abrasive it's rough around the edges Does no good i gotta talk to clay I got to go to Clay. I need to go to him. There's certain things that the Bible forbids us of doing. I'm going to go over a couple of these. and I'll I'll leave a document on this, on the website. The Bible does not, does not, uh, forbids us to have hypocritical judgment. You know, the plank in your own eye. Big old plank. Hey, you got to change this. But, you know, you're doing the same thing. Superficial judging, not having the facts. Condemning someone in a, in an opinion matter, you look down on him because it's 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 an opinion issue. But you condemn him for his opinion. Final judgment—that's to God. You always guys go, "Who's going to have?" You know, this is what I know. This is what I'll teach. But I leave myself a room for God in His glory to have that final judgment. Thank goodness I'm not God, because I don't know if I'd make it. Judging motives—you know we do that. It's probably a daily thing we do. We judge motives at work, in our home. Last night, I Jaden was playing a little roughhousing. I thought he was doing it out of revenge, and then he got his feelings hurt. He sat there on the couch, just sad. So, what's wrong, Jaden? You thought I was doing it out of revenge, and I just wanted to—I just wanted to play. I said, "Why?" I mean, it happens so easy, so fast. At least for me, it does. You know, I'm assuming his motives. I'm assuming what he's thinking. I, I, I see the scenario. Oh, yeah, I've seen this a thousand. It's, it's revenge. And it wasn't. He just wanted to snuggle and cuddle and be playful with his dad and his sister. After we watched uh, Winnie the Pooh Halloween. <laughs> it's awesome. But I hurt his feelings. I hurt his feelings. You know, critical judging. You know, doctrinal nitpicking, judging. But there are some forms of uh, that are acceptable. The Bible gives us very clear direction to do. It's not just, oh, don't judge me. We can't. We can't and judge and discern who is open to the gospel. Oh, this person visited church. He looks. He seems open. He's he's smiling. And he, maybe I should study the Bible with him. Making a right judgment. Choosing right over wrong. Making a general assessment of a situation. Uh, Disciplinary judgment. The Bible says to expel the immoral brother. Right? Judging disputes in 1 Corinthians 6. Don't sue each other. Hey, the Bible says we can work this out without without the lawsuits. And interpreting scriptures correctly. There are some forms of judgment that we need to have a healthy dose of in the church, which is good. But our job is not to change this message. is not to water it down and make it so it suits our churchianity, but that we live Christianity. In verse 13, some of you say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to some city. We'll stay here and For a year and do business, make some money. But you don't even know what will happen to you tomorrow. Your life is like a mist. You can see it for a short time, but then it goes away. So you should say, if if it's what the Lord wants, we live and do this and that. But now you are proud and you brag. All of this bragging is wrong. Anyone who knows the right thing to do, but does not do it, is sinning. You know, he writes about the pride and the criticism. But he also now starts talking about the self-reliance. You know, a lot of times we can talk about what we want to do and our plans of our life, but they doesn't really include God sometimes, even in our future. And how can this help God? How can this help God advance the gospel of Jesus? How can this, what I'm doing over here, you know, I leave for a missionary trip uh, next Monday to go to Norway to help with the churches there. And it's a, it's, a, it's a tough environment in sharing the gospel there. It's tough. It's rough. And I'm excited about it. But it, it's the Lord's will. That, that's what I pray about. Is this your will, God, for me to be there? I'm, I'm, the, I'm a brown Spanish Latino going to Norway. What am I doing there? What am I doing there? I'm talking to six foot three. I mean, it's just going to the restroom in that country is tough for me. Put it that way. (laughs) It's challenging. It's like, how do you guys, it's not made for the Zacchaeuses of this world. But we can be full of pride. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And we don't realize, you know, we're like Aquanet, 80s, we're just little, we're little mist and dissipates. We're like Febreze, smells good for a while and then disappears. And that's why it's important that you have a meaningful relationship with God, a meaningful one, a real one. An honest one. And then also the Bible says have meaningful relationships with your neighbor. Meaningful. Initiating those relationships. Not waiting, but you're the one. Especially if you're older as a Christian, you should be initiating relationships. Because you know how valuable they are. You know how important they are. You know, this is a good conversation to have when you're sitting down with the Christian that you felt like there's no, you know, spiritual counseling going on. Here's what I like to do Hey, can I point out something I, think, something I love about you that I think you're doing awesome in? I say, Sure, it's awesome. Yeah, tell me. I tell them this. Now, and, and can you point something about awesome about me? That's awesome. Can I point out something that, that I see that you need to grow in? Boom. Can you point something out me that I need to grow in? Thank you. And start from there. Start building that. Don't avoid that. That's your bread and butter. That's how you grow. That's how, you know, because that little voice tells you, you're super awesome. But really, you could be so deceived because you're convincing yourself. And you need those relationships. If it means downsizing your chaotic schedule to have a meaningful relationship, that's what it means. It means you cut things off That are becoming a distraction to your time with God. I know it's a bold statement to make in in this county because everyone wants to do everything, but something's gonna give. You can't do it all. You can't be dad's life and do everything, work, and then all these things. You gotta cut stuff off to have a meaningful relationship with God. Seek Him first. Because your energy level, when you get older, man, it starts going. (whistles) Man, I turned 40 in a few months. And sometimes when I get out of bed, I feel like I'm going to fall. Like My knees are giving, and I'm going to fall down. It's weird. I'm like, what happened to my knees? What's going on with my body? I did play college soccer. That was for Steve Burns. <laughs> he admires my soccer career. And this is the attitude of this self sufficiency, this self reliance. This is what we need to repent of. Change. Turn. Metanoia. And, and it's not this incremental. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, a shift. It's not this slow it's turning it because the will of God will not take you where the grace of God will not protect you God wants you to go places but you want it to be his will his desire because he's looking out for you as a good parent they look after their kids they stop them from doing crazy things right so parents do. Dad life. And the great thing about this, we can change it. just like that. Because God is not great on a curve. He grades on the cross. That's why Nicole's testimony was so powerful. It's the power of God. He's observant, he's watching, he's aware, he knows how you feel, and he's ready to have a better relationship. It's an amazing account. So let us turn from our own pride to a spirit that surrendered to His will. As we have this, our last Sunday here, but two minutes to go in this facility, and what God will do, and the search that we inquired, we went, we went to so many places to find something in Camarillo, and then we came to the conclusion that God wants us there, for some reason. I didn't want to go there, but God has led us there. So this is not a spirit of, let's do it. This No, it's God, what, what, why are you leading us here? I don't know what's going on. I know the Newberry Park Christians are fired up. I know that. Come on. And maybe it's reaching out to the community there. Maybe it's, it's, it's to evangelize that section for a while. Concentrating. Helping the Allens and the Spencers up there and the Hoyts and getting them going and getting them excited and you know, meeting their neighbors again and, and reaching out again. Maybe it's that. Then if you live in Oxford Ventura, you're going, well, this isn't the Lord's will. Is it? Probably is. For now. For now. So this week, my challenge to you is to reflect on your relationship and decide and change and have a meaningful relationship. If there's an area that you need that you know you've not you've not talked to God and others about, that's what you want to do. A self-reflected, self-humble disciple of Jesus. Thank you very much.